Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Steve Dickerson from Placerville Church of the Nazarene. Glad to be with you today. We're talking about finishing well, and this is the weekend of February 7th, 2021. Hey, I want to talk to you about finishing well, and the idea goes back to uh, an athlete as used as a metaphor many times in the New Testament. And I want to remind you today of Gabriella Anderson Schlees. And she was a ski instructor at Sun Valley, Idaho, when she represented Switzerland in the 1984 Summer Olympics. Now, this was the first ever women's marathon in the Olympics, but uh, Gabby had won the inaugural California International Marathon in 1983, and that took place right near us in Sacramento. Well, uh, she ended that race in this way. About 20 minutes after the winner, Joan Benoit of the U.S. crossed the finish line, the then 39-year-old Gabby staggered into the stadium. She was suffering from heat protestation. Her right leg was stiff. Her left arm uh, hung limply at her side. And while the spectators were gasping in horror, the, the medics, the medical staff, uh, noted that she was perspiring, which was really a good sign. That meant she didn't have heat stroke. And they let her continue for that one last lap around the stadium. It was at the L.A. Coliseum. Well, it took five minutes and 44 seconds as she lurched along on that final lap around the track. And she stopped sometimes, and she just put her hand on her head, and, and, and she was staggering into several lanes to either side. But finally, she fell across the finish line and into the arms of the waiting medics. Finish well. Let's take a look at our scripture today where Paul talks to his young protege, Timothy, about finishing well. This is 2 Timothy 3.14. But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they're true, for you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So Paul is telling young Timothy, and he's telling us too, how this idea of divine discipline that we spoke about last week produces holiness or purity of life or Christ-likeness in the believer. So what are the things that Paul tells Timothy and is good news for us today as well? Several things. First, to remain faithful. And 
do, do what you know to do. Be faithful to that. And, and you have to practice what you have already learned, what you know. Keep putting it into practice so you don't lose it. Keep it fresh. Keep it alive. So remain faithful. And then he says, trust those who taught you. Who taught you? Who taught you about the Bible? Who taught you how to study the Bible? Who taught you some great truths from the Bible? Do you trust that person? Who, who do you trust? You think about Bible study leaders and, and pastors and televangelists and, and all, and, and I hope that you have trustworthy, reliable Bible teachers in your life. And then he says, you know, if you're going to have this kind of holy life, you, you, you need to also pass it on. So he says, teach. Teach your children the holy scriptures. It's interesting that he says the holy scriptures because the Bible is God's sacred love letter to you, to each of us. And we are, we are to pass it on to those that we love. And then he says this being saved, continue to be saved. See, getting saved and being saved are two very different things. We are, we're not saved by believing the Bible. I mean, Satan believes, but we are saved by trusting Jesus, the one who is revealed in the Word. I mean, Jesus is the living Word, and, and Jesus is the one who saves. So the Bible is helpful in this, and we should study it. It is a sacred book, holy, and all that. Uh, and some have talked about the Bible as a metaphor. What is the Bible? And maybe this helps us understand the Bible for our day. Some have said it, the Bible's a mirror. It, it shows you our, it shows our dirty faces. It, 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 it shows our impurities. And it shows us what's, what's there, what's wrong. And, and then we can notice that. And we can improve on that. We can improve ourselves if we will look into God's Word and let it be a mirror for us to see. Some said the Bible is like a newspaper. Well, certainly the Bible is good news. That's the definition of the gospel. But the Bible is truth. And there are current events. And it tells the truth about those. And there's direction. And, and, and so maybe it is like a newspaper. Uh, you, we might suggest that the Bible is like a travel guide. It's how to get there. It's a how-to book. And, and where are we getting to? Heaven how to be saved. And the best way is that straight and narrow way. And, and we know that Jesus is the way, and the Bible points us to Jesus because he's the way. And the Bible shows us that way to follow him. Uh, maybe another suggestion would be that the Bible is an insurance policy, and you have the assurance of salvation in the Bible. And, and you know, an insurance policy is just paper and, and printing, but the Bible, it's been signed. It's a contract with you that God has signed in blood. And, and you've got this in your favor. And it is a policy that lasts forever. Well, others have suggested that the Bible is like a cookbook. Well, certainly there are recipes for spiritual meals and, and food that will nourish us and, and help us as we grow in grace and we gain strength. Uh, to serve. We need spiritual food. We need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
Someone has suggested that, well, the Bible's a lie detector. Well, certainly, if you study the Bible, you know what's true, and you can better discern what's counterfeit. And so we can recognize the lies of Satan as we study the Word of God. And we might even begin to recognize some of the lies we tell our own selves. One more thing, uh, Bible is a metaphor, is that the Bible is referred to as a weapon for spiritual self-defense. It's a sword, the sword of the Spirit, and, and it's for fighting off Satan, and it's for uh, overcoming temptation. And so whatever the Bible is to you, and you think about these kind of things, the Bible is truth for us. So I have a question for you today. Do you trust the Internet? Think about it. There's a lot of information on the Internet. Uh, it's readily available. It's, it, it comes to you quickly, fast. But, but don't believe all you read. Uh, I can remember doing research papers in college, and we'd have to go to the library and spend hours making uh, sure that these sources were correct and true. And, and uh, it, it's amazing at our fingertips. The Internet provides us all this information. But can you trust it? Can you trust the info? You know, I get emails. Uh, it seems like every week I get an email that's filled with some really juicy fake news. And fact-checking reveals the truth. I want you to know that you can trust the Bible. You might not be able to trust the Internet, but you can trust the Bible because the Bible tells the truth even when it's not very becoming to the one who it, it's talking about. You see, the Bible is true, and it is good news, and it's truth. This passage says that the Bible is the is inspired. This this word, the apanustos, is is literally that God not not only did he inspire it, he breathed life into these words. And they are life because God has inspired them. Now we know that men wrote these things down, but they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit watched over the preparation of this book that we call the Bible. So we see here today that the Bible is useful. And Paul says several things here that the Bible is useful for the believer. One is in teaching. Uh, we, he says the word doctrine or, or truth. And I'd like you to think about this. The Bible tells you what is right. We struggle sometimes to know right from wrong. And when we think about the Bible, the Bible helps us, teaches us truth so we can know what is right. And without continuously learning, we can even begin to lose what we've already gained. You know, I have been sad because we've not been able to teach our kids at the church like we really want to uh, during this COVID time. But today we are starting, this Sunday we are starting uh, again, to teach those children. And I'm so glad about that because that's an important thing that we do as a church is to teach children the Word of God. Another thing that the Bible does for us besides this teaching of doctrine and truth is reproof. 
um, showing things that are wrong. So not only does it tell us what is right, it tells us what is not right. And when you study the scripture, the Holy Spirit points out sin. Uh, there, there's thoughts that, that we have as Christians. And, and, oh, for instance, do you tithe? Well, there is reproof for the Christian who knows the truth and doesn't do it. And if you are a Christian, if, if you've committed your life to God, you ought to be giving back to God. A minimum would be a 10% giving. So there's a little reproof for you today. Consider that. The next thing the Bible does is, is similar to reproof, but it's a little bit different. It's, it's this word correction. And this is not what is not right, but how to get what is not right, right. It's how to get right. To restore is the idea here to that proper place. To restore to good usage. And the, uh, the idea of this word here comes to us as the idea of reformation or restoration. To bring back to true. You know, you think about um, something that's being uh, sanded or, or some furniture that's being worked, and you want it to be true. Well, how do you base that? You have to have tools that are true, that are, that are a standard. And that's what the Bible is for us. It shows us not just what's wrong with our lives, but how to correct them. And then one more thing. He says, the Bible is training. It's instruction in righteousness, how to stay right. So you get to see what is right, what is not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. Now, this is spiritual exercise. And Christians who study the Bible and apply it, they learn and grow in holiness they learn and grow to be more like Christ. Christ-likeness, holiness. And those who do not train, do not grow. So, there, you know, there's nothing magical uh, about the Bible as a book. The printing, uh, the words themselves, there's nothing magical about them. The Bible's not a good luck charm. And you, and you can't purify something by placing a Bible on it. The words can't be chanted like a spell to make things happen. You see, it is God himself who purifies souls. It, it is the, the, the Holy Bible is holy because God is holy. And only he can make you holy by his spirit, by what Christ did. Now, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, all that, very good. But that can't make you holy. We still depend on God for that. So I want to just wrap this up with under, an understanding of the purpose of the Bible. There's two words here that we're going to look at. The first one is to be prepared. Arteos is the Greek word here. To me, it means complete or proficient. It means perfect, but that word's gotten other meanings in the English now. But it also can mean like fresh or a good fit. The Bible wants you to be a good fit, fit with God, fit, good fit with other people, and, and to make a difference in your life. The Holy Spirit fits you for every circumstance. 
So you're prepared. That's the purpose of the Bible, to prepare you for works of service for God. The next word is very similar. It's the word equipped. And this is exartidso. And this word it means completion, uh, to, to be thoroughly furnished, or uh, the idea of being accomplished, or really to complete, to finish well. So these two words working together, being prepared and being equipped to do the work of God, that's the purpose of Scripture in our lives. Sounds pretty important, and it is extremely important for the Christian. So how important is finishing well? So what priority do you give the call of God to be equipped to do every good work? Well, I'd like to join Paul today in urging you to set aside the stuff that we waste our time on and devote yourself to the training in the Scriptures. That means to, to hear it and read it and study it. It means to memorize it and meditate on it and to live it. Do all this and you too will finish well. You know, um, Gabby Anderson, she trained long and hard for that 26.2 mile race. And she barely had enough left to finish. She got 37th place. Not too impressed. I want you to know that Gabby finished ahead of seven other runners. And six others never even finished the race. So finish well. Let the Bible be useful to you. Let church be such an important part of your life that you're, you're learning and, and knowing and serving God through that, through the church. Be in a small group where you can study the Bible and, and where you can be accountable to one another. And, and then allow yourself to have a close relationship with other Christians. Who, who you can count on to pray for you and you can pray for them. And then take all that, wrap it up, and teach it to those around you. You know someone who needs to know Jesus. Use the Bible. Get to know it so well that it just flows out through you. And may God bless you as you serve Him with the good works you learn from His Word. Let me pray with you. Lord, I pray your blessing upon each one who is watching this today. I pray that they will be encouraged and lifted up by your word. Lord, it is your word that makes a difference in our lives. I mean, we try to present it in a way that's understandable and can be remembered. But most of all, Lord, this all needs to be applied. We need to put it into practice. So, Lord, help us to read your word and then to to think about it, to meditate on it, to study what those words mean, what you really would be saying to each of us. And then, Lord, let, it, let us put it into practice in our lives. Let us use it. Let us learn to love better because of it. And, and let us, Lord, even memorize uh, portions of Scripture so that we have it just ready when somebody around us needs your word. And so, Lord, I pray 
that each of us would make a greater step today to know and do your word. Whatever it takes, Lord, we want to be holy, to be Christ-like, and your word, your Holy Spirit, working through it and make it so. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.